Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Amen. Well, um, you know, if I, if I tell you stories and sing, it kind of eats into my uh, preaching time. So I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, when I came in this morning, I, I had a song on my mind all morning. It's not a Christian song, but is, that's no surprise, is it? But when I was a kid, there was a, song, there was a guy by the name of, I'm not going to sing it. I just made my decision. But, but uh, there was a guy by the name of Roger Williams. Anybody remember Roger Williams? Okay. Well, he was kind of, uh, he was kind of country and kind of not, but uh, most of his songs were funny. And he did a song, it was actually a, um, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a something that uh, brought positive light on Kansas City, but he wrote a song called The Kansas City Star. And, uh, well, just, maybe, no, I won't sing it, but. <laughs> But it goes, the Kansas City Star, that's what I are. Yoda, little lady, you ought to see my car. I got a big old Cadillac with wire wheels, grindstones on my spoke. I got credit down at the grocery store, and my barber tells me jokes. I'm the number one attraction in every supermarket parking lot. I'm the king of Kansas City. No thanks, Omaha. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Lord. You say, well, why'd you do that? Well, as soon as I walked in this morning, uh, <laughs> Tommy started sang a song to me. I forgot what it was. And then I left. And when I came back in, he sang another song to me. And I thought, man, we ought to have a karaoke night around here sometime. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, it just re- reminded me, uh, you know, you need to laugh. A, a merry heart does good like a medicine. And by the looks of some of you, you need some medicine. So a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. You know, if you're living in a situation where uh, where you can't laugh, you need to get out of the you need to get out of the house and laugh a little bit. Hallelujah! You know what? I told you a story one time where I laughed at the devil. He tormented me for a year, and the Lord told me to laugh, and within seconds, he was gone, and I never had that problem again. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about the kingdom of yes. And I want to tell you, you do not live in the kingdom of no. And, the, and no is spelled N-O. You do, if you do live in the kingdom of no, it's K-N-O-W. That means you know something. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, 
Now we're familiar with this uh, scripture. It says, but uh, I have not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. And we, well, we think, well, someday we're going to see and someday we're going to know, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the future, some in the sweet by and by. He is talking about the here and the now. Because he goes on to say, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. How many of you saved? How many of you have Jesus on the inside of you? Don't be ashamed of it. You have Jesus on the inside of you. Well, you have the spirit of the living God. You say, well, I I might not be baptized in the Holy Ghost and I might not speak in tongues. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Now you can have more. The Holy, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you when you, he comes on the inside of you when you get saved. And that's to conform you into the image of Christ. But the Holy Spirit in the baptism comes upon you so that you can do the things that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, don't be lazy. Because you have the Holy Spirit on you. Hallelujah. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Be nice to me. I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me to be nice to you. But the Holy Spirit on us is to be active in doing the works that God has called us to do. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also in greater works than these because I go unto my father. What happened when he went to the father? He poured out the Holy Spirit on him. You know, in that same church, some people talk about the early church and the day of miracles. Well, we are a part of the same early church. And we are a part of, and God is, there wasn't a day of miracles. We survey God of miracles. Hallelujah. The works that I do shall you do also. Actually, my, when I made the message, when it came to me, it just, uh, it was, uh, the father is not reluctant, but I changed the message during the worship service. You know, God talks in the worship service. So we, we are in the kingdom of yes, not the kingdom of no. When I was raised, the first, if I asked my parents to, well, I only asked my mom. I, I didn't want to even ask my dad. But I'd ask my mom, and the first thing that come out of her mouth was no. Can I go over to my friends? No. Well, you know, and I beg her and do all this. And then she said, well, you didn't do your chores. Well, what do I have to do? You know, and so I do that. And then she would reluctantly let me go. And that's kind of the, and sometimes we were raised in church, the churches of no's, the denomination of no. The denomination, well, God doesn't do this today and God doesn't do that today. And God, uh, you know, he doesn't really like you, but he saves you anyway. No, that's not my God. My God is a God of love. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with us freely give us all things? Hallelujah. I didn't uh, finish the scripture here. (laughs) 
It says, but God revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Then I'll just go to verse 12. He says, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of God that we might know the things that God has freely given us. Say freely. Freely. That doesn't mean he's uh, waiting until we line up. That doesn't mean he's waiting until we got our P's and Q's. That means he is freely giving us all things. And the all things that I'm talking about is the all things that he promised us. You know what? If we just get the things he promised, if we only got half the things he promised us, we'd be so much better off. But we are living, I think a lot of us living in the kingdom of no. Or the kingdom of wait. You know, I wrote down, uh, again, I wrote down the, uh, the thought of God being reluctant. Well, this is what happens when you live in a reluctant church, a reluctant house. You know, don't judge God by the world's system. You know, this wants to shut you down, that wants to shut you down. Wants to keep you in the house. Don't want you to breathe hardly. (laughs) This is what happens when somebody is reluctant. They are uneager, unenthusiastic. Hallelujah. They're undecided. They're vacillating. They're wobbly. This is what happens when you live in an atmosphere That is the kingdom of no or reluctance. You become faint-hearted, you become shy, and you become timid. Well, I lived in the house of no for so long that I was so shy and timid, I wouldn't even ask a girl out. And of course, your family tells you how ugly you are. I didn't discover how good looking I was until I married her. And she kept telling me. And I told her to shut up. I didn't believe her. She'd tell me all these good things about me. And I'd say, oh, I'd get mad. I would get mad because I was told the opposite for so long. And when you're told the opposite for so long, that you will, that you will resist the truth. I know I'm good looking now. <laughs> I had to wait for almost 70 years to figure it out, but bless God. Amen. Better late than never, they say. Isn't that right, Scott? Amen. Hallelujah. If nobody thinks you're good looking, just tell yourself. You are, you know, I was with Ray Cor one time. And uh, he took me on a motorcycle ride. He had a, a gold wing or something like that. And so we were riding around, and he took me to show, uh, show me some things. And uh, we stopped at a restaurant <clears throat> to eat, and we both went in to relieve ourselves. And he's standing in front of the mirror. And I all of a sudden hear him say, man, you're good looking. <laughs> and I think he's talking to me. <laughs> but he's standing in front of the mirror talking to himself. I'm thinking, man, if he's good, if he thinks he's good looking, I know. But anyway, 
You know, Carly Simon sang a song called You're So Vain. I think, I think sometimes, because I tell Melody, I tell her, man, I look at the people that were in my high school class and man, they look old. They look all this. And she says, man, you looked at yourself for a while. But anyway, bless the Lord. When you live in the house of no, you're faint hearted. You're shy, you're timid, you don't even want to ask God. And if you do ask God, you think he's reluctant. Well, I want to give you some scriptures today to prove that he is not reluctant. Amen. Amen. He is not the go, the, he's not the go. He's not the God of no, he's the God of yes. <clears throat> Bible says that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God. I'm not promising you everything, but I'm telling you some people, some people are reluctant to ask because they already figure the answer's no. They already figure they won't get it. But my Bible reveals to me a different Jesus. My Bible reveals to me a God that so loved us that he gave the best that he had. Well, can you imagine giving your own child for somebody else? Dear Lord, let's be honest. No way, Jose. We're not going to give up our, but God would give his only begotten son. Well, you said he knew he was going to rise from the dead. Yeah, he knew he was going to rise from the dead, but he had to still go through all that suffering. He's had to still go through all that beating, all that ridicule, all that shame. He went through it all because he loved you. I want to give you some scriptures to back that up. First scripture I want to give you, uh, it is the word of God that sets you free. So I'm going to give you the word of God today. You say, well, you know, y'all, you're just giving us a scripture. Well, bless God, I'm giving you the key that unlocks the door. And the door is the door that's, uh, and the chains that are locking your mind from receiving and walking in all the promises of God. Thank you, Lord. And me too. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Fear not, little flock timid. If you're walking in reluctance, you're walking into, you know, Jesus had to reveal a father of love because they wanted to kill him for just saying God was his father. Their image of God was that he was a God of wrath. That's why everybody that had an angel appeared to him was fearful and trembling and thought they were going to die after the angel just gave him an assignment. Now, if you're, get, if you're getting an assignment, God's not going to kill you because he wants you to complete the assignment. Come on, let's wake up. We've got these images in our mind that shut us down. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So that doesn't sound like the God of no to me. 
I want to tell you something. God is eager. God is enthusiastic. God is glad and happy and ready and willing to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom is also the promises of God. And I repeat again, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. Now, if you're fighting, fighting for a promise, God is not the fighter. God is not trying to keep the promise from you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we have to battle to keep him out of our thoughts and thinking. We have to tell him where to go. Now, he doesn't, you don't tell him to go to hell. Because he's the prince in the power of the air. He's not in hell yet. And when he goes to hell, he ain't even going to hell. He's going straight to the lake of fire. The Bible says in, Re- in Revelation 20, I think it's 2020. If I'm wrong, don't correct me. But it does say, and the devil which deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented there day and night forever and ever. I used to, I memorized that so I could remind the devil where he's going. He wants to torment me, I'll torment right back. What do you think a sword does? That's not used to cut your steak and potatoes. It's used to stick the point somewhere. I'll just leave that to your imagination. Bless the Lord. So we see here that it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Jesus knew that many people were reluctant to see God as a good Father. What did Mary do when Gabriel showed up? She was fearful. Zacharias, you know, John the Baptist's father. What what did he do? He was fearful all through the Old Testament. They were fearful when angels showed up because they saw in in their mind, they saw a God of wrath, not a God of yes. Thank you, Father. Father God invested in Father God invested his son in us. I do not see him withholding any good thing from us. Any good thing. We sing a song. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Lord our God. Those are back in the, <laughs> back in the day songs. But you know what? Most of them were scripture. I remember, you know, uh, I, came, I came out of the hymn age. Now, I still like hymns. I, I'm not, because a lot of hymns are sometimes more scriptural than a lot of song, Christian songs we hear today. Dear Lord, I don't even sometimes, I, I won't hardly listen to Christian stations sometimes. I remember one day I was listening to Christian station. And I was so confused by the end of the day. 
Because you had, you had faith teachers, unbelief teachers. You, had, you know, you just had all sorts of teachers. Bless God, I thank God I learned how to read the Bible. You read the Bible, you don't have to, you don't have to be concerned about what these other... As a matter of fact, sometimes it's good because it gets you to dig to find out. It gets you to dig. Hallelujah. Because thank God for the Holy Ghost. Man, I remember, you know, hearing stuff and it just didn't set right. It just... <laughs> somebody say, well, Pastor, when you preach, I don't feel right. Well, anyway, read your Bible. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Show me. That's what Kenneth Hagin used to say. I'm not going to do all your studying for you. Read the Bible. <laughs> anyway. So what does he say in Ephesians? So we're living in the kingdom of yes. We're living in the kingdom of K-O-W. K-N-O-W. <laughs> keep, me, keep me straight. Keep me straight. Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. You have to remember it's not because you're so good looking. You have to remember it's not because you are at some spiritual stage. You know, the kingdom of God is not a pyramid. Right, there you go. That is good. If you think you've gotten up the pyramid, so you're going to, you know, and then these other people are behind you, so they're subservient to you, you, got, you better wake up to reality. We are all on the same level. There's only one that is above us, the most high. We are all on the same level. You say, well, pastor, you mean I can tell you what to do? No, I have my job and you have yours. Your job is not to tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway. You get in trouble when you get away from the scriptures. <laughs> but we, I'm okay. We are not on a pyramid. You're not a diamond. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are not on a pyramid. You are, we are all on the same level. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching on, we're to Zion, the beautiful city of God. And we're all on the same level. You know what? They used to call me apostle. You know, uh, we had... How many churches we, we have that we were? 125 churches. Can you imagine? And besides that, uh, you know, the, the ministers and stuff like that. So they'd call us apostles. And you know what an apostle is? He's married to an epistle. No. <laughs> an apostle... If the Bible says that the, the, the apostles are the scum of the earth. That's what Paul said. We're treated that way. That's what he said. But you treat me like scum, baby. I, I, I lose my Christianity somehow. 
But anyway, the, the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church. You know, uh, I could come over to your house, say, man, that's a beautiful house. I don't come over to your house, say, man, that's a beautiful foundation. <laughs> Why? Because the foundation is buried. The foundation is underneath. The foundation is holding up the church. Holding up the church. I, that's why we've created a giving light. We want the, we want the uh, atmosphere, what's that called? <laughs> it's, we want to encourage people. What's that other word? Yeah. Culture of validation. Thank God. Somebody reads the bulletin. <laughs> the culture of validation. We want to validate who you are. You know, if God calls you his son and daughter, and if God calls you more than a conqueror, and God calls you a new creation in Christ, I do not want to repeat some, or I do not want to say something that is contrary to what God has called you. I don't want to get in a fight with God. I remember, you know, I learned a long time ago. You better watch out how you treat people. Because God told me, and it was kind of in a threatening tone. You better watch out how you're treating my daughter. He's already broke my ribs twice. <laughs> you think I'm joking. I wasn't always as, you know, you get a different anointing when you get up here. You're, you're not, I'm not always nice. But anyway, I, I'm pretty much now. I'm a lot better. But anyway, I would uh, start treating her and I wouldn't say anything bad. I just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> and man, God, I will tell you the truth. God broke my ribs twice because I'd go out on a bike ride. And all of a sudden, man, this bike would just twist and turn and I had straight handlebars and they would bam, the straight handlebars would go right in my ribs you remember before they built all those houses back there there was paths at rabbit hill I broke my ribs one time there I broke my ribs in Gettysburg and I had amnesia I had a helmet on the helmet was just busted I couldn't remember. All I knew was I was married and had two kids. You say, man, you are something. I'm growing in Christ. How many of you are perfect? All I have to do is ask your wife or ask your husband or whatever or ask your kids. Hallelujah. Don't ask my kids. So he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, that we should be what? 
that we should be holy and without blame, without blame. When we go stand before God because of what Christ did, we are without blame. That takes care of the kingdom of no. Because we are without blame because of what Christ did. Without blame before him, before Jesus, in love, him, uh, having predestined us to adoption. You know, you can disinherit your kids. Do you know that? But you cannot disinherit a child that you adopt. How about them, potatoes? Your kid that you naturally brought into the world, you can disinherit them. But if you adopt a child, you are, you are not allowed to disinherit them. And God has adopted you. Now, I wouldn't press my luck <laughs> to find out. God has a ways and means committee. <laughs> means. You like broken ribs? Go ahead. But anyway, I remember one time I, uh, I, I told, I had a guy by the name of Chuck Clayton. He was over me and, and the Lord. And uh, I said, I'm tired of this. I am tired of this. I'm talking about the ministry. I'm, I'm quitting. He said, I'll oh, just go ahead. God will break your legs. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? <laughs> so that's why I'm here. I don't, the, didn't like the thought of broken legs. <laughs> Say, oh, God wouldn't do that. I don't know what God would do. Oh, you just said it's the kingdom of Yes. Yes, I'm lining up with his word. Doesn't the Bible say that we are being made into the image of his son? Oh, he goes on to say that all of this is according to the pleasure of his goodwill. All this blessing, it says, to the praise of the glory of, of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You're not some redheaded stepchild that he wants to beat all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're redheaded. I'm... <laughs> oh, well, that, that's not real. No. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Man, I'm really digging myself in today. But the Bible says you have to forgive me. And I have to forgive you. Otherwise, God won't forgive us. Anyway, we are made accepted in the beloved. Accepted. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Therefore, my beloved brethren, you, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, some of us got caught there and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, my God, am I even saved? No. He's talking. He says, you are saved. You got God on the inside of you. Now, let's get God out of the inside, worked out so that he is beginning to manifest through us. God just didn't save you so you could go to heaven. 
God saved you so you could manifest his kingdom and his son. For it is God who works in you. God is working in you. Are you making his job hard? <laughs> it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What do you got to work? If you got to work out, if God's working in you, then he wants to get you in line. Are you always in line with the kingdom? Then God wants to work in you so that you will get back in line. How many of you know when you're out of line? Then what do you do? You get back in line. You repent. You get back in line. Was that from Jesus? I heard it. Hear the bells ringing. <laughs> anyway. It's God who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is for you. God is with you. And God is in you. It's God working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes. All the promises of God. Say, what does all mean? Every promise in the scripture that God has promised us, the answer is yes. Amen. The answer is yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that all things work together for good. For good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son. Conformed. You know, sometimes to be conformed, it takes pressure. You know, if you're, if you're a piece of clay, there's still pressure applied if you're on the potter's wheel. Some, some of you might be a little harder. So there's the hammer and the anvil and the furnace. You get stuck in the fire. Oh, Lord, get me out of the fire. You're white hot, so you get put on the anvil. Bam! <laughs> oh, Lord! That's just, that's just a, a, yes, an analogy. As a matter of fact, you know that God says that you are my battle axe? Speaking to Israel. But he also wants us to be his battle axe to destroy the works of darkness, to bring his kingdom in line with his purpose. Bring, the other, bring others in, in line with his purpose. So, thank you, Lord. Getting in line is cooperating with what God the Father is doing in you now. Getting in line is just getting, is working with God to get in line with what he's working in you now. Did God ever tell you to be nice to somebody? Just a thought. God ever tell you to be, smile at somebody? God ever tell you to encourage somebody? Am I the only one God talks to? 
It's awful quiet in this Pentecostal church. That's just a phrase. God talks to you to conform you into the image of his son so that you can do the works of Jesus. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his mouth. Because some people are not capable of hearing what God has to say. And so he, God will speak through you to speak words of love, speak words of encouragement, speak words of life. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Quit complaining over me. <laughs> no, we, no, we gotta, we're speaking wonderful words of life. See, I know them songs. I came out of the, I came out of the hymn age into the chorus age. And they were complaining about the courses, but the courses were taken right out of Scripture. As a matter of fact, I used to have these albums called Scriptures and Song, and they were just Scriptures put the music. Scriptures and Song. Hallelujah. God's everlasting love. Verse 31 of that same chapters in Romans 8. I missed some of it, but we're running. I'm running out of time. It says, what shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So we need to, when Satan speaks to us, we need to say, God is for us. Who can be against us? We need to say to our peers that would try to put us down, if God is for us, who can be against us? You need to say to that voice in your mind that is trying to keep you down, God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. You need to speak to that, uh, to that reoccurring thought that mommy or daddy spoke to you. God is for me, who can be against me? I am more than a conqueror. I am his son and daughter. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Thank you, Lord. Bless the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you some more. All of this, you know, we are not out of the season of Thanksgiving. For the Christian, it is a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. And I want to give you some things that, you know, we're thankful. How many of you are thankful for your turkey? Or you were thankful for your turkey? You're thankful for your ham. You're thankful for a warm house. You're thankful for your car. When it starts, you're, th you're thankful for all these things, but I'm telling you what, we need to be thankful for him because he is the God of yes. I remember hearing uh, John Hagee talking about the house of no in O. His son, Matt said, how come you say yes to my kids and you always said no to us? 
How many of you know when you get grandkids, the rules change a little bit? Not always. Not all, you know, not everything's thrown out the window. But your heart's melted a little bit, so you can just be a little nicer. You want, your kids want to go, your kids want to do something? No. Your grandkids want to do something? Well, sure. Your kids want a candy? No. They want ice cream? Your, your grandkids want ice cream? Well, sure. Joel had to start telling me, hey, quit giving my kids all this stuff. Well, I'd buy, you know, you go to Costco's, you can get a bag of Doritos about yay big, yay big, for what you'd pay for about yay by yay in Weiss or the other place over here, Walmart. I always tell them, well, you know, they're not the only ones eating it. I mean, it too. <laughs> There's a dual purpose in everything. And I'm always strict on my diet. And when I'm eating those Doritos, Melody always says, (laughs) but anyway, we're here to talk about thanking God as a whole purpose of this message. And God, you know, he is the Lord God. He changes not, you know, that's what he says about himself. I am the Lord God. I change not. Well, he revealed, he didn't give every, he didn't reveal everything to Adam and Eve. He didn't reveal everything to Abraham. He gradually began to show who he really is. And then in the end, in the New Testament, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But anyway, in the Old Testament, he's called Jehovah Shammah. That means the Lord is present. We are, he, we, are made near to, we are made near by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he says, for he, for he himself, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say. You know what? There's some problems that, problems there. <laughs> Problems don't need to be activated. How many know that? (laughs) They just come. But promises need to be activated. How are they activated? That we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men can do unto me. Thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Shammah. Thank you, Lord. You are always with me. Thank you, Lord. You never leave me nor forsake me. That's how you activate that promise. You activate it. Well, I don't know why God's presence is there. I never feel God. Well, maybe you need to start getting bold. Start getting bold. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. The Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, Lord. I'm not telling God what to do. He already knows what to do. But I have to open the door. Remember Jesus said in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. That's a church he's talking to. He's outside the church knocking on the door wanting to get on the inside. Now that church wasn't a building. That church is people's hearts. Thank you, 
Thank you, Jesus. I just remember in a nursery rhyme, but I won't say it. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> but anyway, that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. He is the Lord God. He never changes. Jesus said, it said of Jesus in, in uh, Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do we ever see Jesus putting sickness on anybody? Do we ever see Jesus, you know, Jesus said, the disciples said, send the people away. Jesus said, no, I don't want them to go away. I want to feed them. All we have is a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fishes. Some brilliant uh, scholars said, well, they had bigger loaves of bread back in those days. <laughs> Man, I hate to see that kid. I'd hate to be the parent of that kid. Can you imagine feeding him? No, no, no. Jesus said, make him sit down. In groups of 50 and hundreds. So that's why they were able to say 5,000. Because they sat down in numbered groups. And that's besides women and children. We also, he revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace in Hebrew, uh, not Hebrews, uh, in Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I better preach over here. Have I been neglecting you? No? Okay. Oh, I just lost my comment. It says no comment. There it is. Woo! Thought I lost my sermon. I have to fly by the seat of my pants. He says, I will never, okay. He says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. But you know, pastor, I just haven't, uh, I've been living real good. All we like sheep have gone astray. All, so what's all mean? That means we're not on the pyramid where some people are just more spiritual. Boy, as soon as I get as spiritual as them. You don't live with them. You don't live with people. You don't know what goes on in their house. How many of you know that? You know, you can look good at church, sound good at church, be a war zone at home. <laughs> don't laugh too hard. <laughs> anyway, we have turned everyone to his own way. Remember what I said earlier? We need to get in line. What line? Get in his line. Line up with him. And the Spirit is working on the inside of us to bring us to that place. And the Lord has laid, when you get out of line, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity yeah. of us all. What is iniquity? Iniquity is that propensity to want to do it. How many of us just want to do it sometimes? Nobody's going nobody's to shake their head on that one. I mean, you, you know, sin is fun for a season. And sometimes we just want to do it. But the Bible says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the wanting to do it. He will remove the wanting to do it if you allow him. 
by boldly saying, Lord, I got a deal. I got a problem here. So you talk to God like that? Well, you know, if you're just, if he's not hard of hearing, but you need to talk. Well, he knows my thoughts. Why did he talk so much about confession? Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. One guy said, I'm going to tell what I did. <laughs> well, oh, well, let's get on. Jehovah, what does shalom mean anyway? Jehovah shalom. Shalom means peace, harmony, wholeness in your body. Completeness, prosperity. You know God was into the prosperity message. Maybe not out of, out of your mind. You know, Kenneth Hagin used to say, don't try to believe for a million dollars when you only have a dollar faith. That is just a thought. <laughs> but how do I build it up? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I found out that I have faith for what he promises me. Yeah. I, found, I find out if he wants me to do something, he will encourage my faith in that. Sometimes we are reluctant because we live in the, we've lived in the house of no and we put that on God. So it also means prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. How many of you like a little bit of that? 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not every promise is just spiritual. We've got, we've got promises that God said, I will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Romans chapter 16, verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Well, you know, we kind of got to get in line with that because he's using our feet to crush Satan. Just a thought. So let's say thank you, Lord, for being that Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Reah means the Lord my shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But he also said in that same chapter of John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Part of being a sheep is to hear the voice of the shepherd. Now you can hear it through the word of God. You can hear it when somebody's speaking to you, but you can also hear it in your own spirit. God talks to your spirit. He talked to me this morning. I had the sermon title was God is not a reluctant God. Then he spoke to me and said, it's not the kingdom of no. So I figured I better give him some credit. <laughs> How many of you have ever been, you've been talking to somebody about the Lord and all of a sudden, man, these just beautiful 
thoughts come out of your brain. They just come out and you thought, where did that come from? That's not you. That's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide an offering, which is Christ. We could never offer any offering that was worthy enough for our redemption. I'm just going to move right along. Jehovah Nisi, thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah Reah, the Lord our shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah Nisi. You know, I, I, never, I never used to really like this one too much. I mean, it wasn't my favorite. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't really in the banners. But what does it really mean? It means the Lord our victory. At the cross, Jesus completely defeated the principalities and the powers. Through Christ, we are made victorious. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith. Who is an overcomer but he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? It doesn't take a whole lot to be an overcomer. If you believe it and you boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. Jehovah Sidkenu. What's that mean? The Lord is our righteousness. He bore our sins on the cross, opening the way for every lawbreaker to receive the gift of righteousness. And I know there's none in here, but for those out in internet land, <laughs> there could be some lawbreakers. But he is Jehovah, the Lord, our righteousness. And I'll give you a little tip here. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he is the Lord, our righteousness. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to uh, finish with this name, Jehovah Rapha. I am the and what it means is I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord your physician. To benefit, we need to connect and be connected by, and that connection is by relationship. That connection is by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That connection is by the Word of God. That connection is by prayer. You say, well, he already knows what I have need of before I ask him. But he still tells you to ask him. That connection is by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. That connection is by praise and thanksgiving. I was thinking, I can't prove this at this moment, but I think one of the most repeated things in the, in the Bible is to give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. Paul repeatedly tells us after we pray that we are to give thanks to God. Well, that means if I'm giving thanks to God, I don't think God is the house of no or the kingdom of no. I think he's the kingdom of yes because I'm already thanking him before I see the manifestation of the promise that he said he would give me. Some of you, well, you, you, some of you from Missouri, you say, well, you know, and I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Well, I've been living in Pennsylvania longer than I lived in Missouri. 
And I don't need to see it to start giving thanks for it. Ah, hallelujah. And I'll just make mention of 2 Chronicles 20.20. There was three armies coming against Judah. They were going to annihilate them and destroy them. And God and Jehoshaphat, the king, said, I'm going to put the praisers out front. Man, I can imagine the choir thinking, they're going to get us first. No! They put the praisers out front. He is good, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures. That's not what it says, but it's close. He is good and his mercy endures forever. And the Bible says that the Lord set ambushment against them and they started killing each other. These three armies, the Bible says they were three days in collecting the spoils. That means all of their military hardware and all the jewels they were wearing. Can you imagine? We're going to go out to war, so let's look good. (laughs) No, they're going out to war, and they were going to give all this as an offering to to the Lord God Jehovah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's say, thank you, Lord. I live in the kingdom of yes. I live in the kingdom where our God is enthusiastic to give us the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Are you empowered? Well, about four or five of you. I, I'm, I'm empowered. I'm empowered because all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God. Do you know that when God is able to answer your prayer, he is glorified? He is glorified. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're living on the inside of us. And I thank you that you are speaking to us. Lord God, not just as we come to church, but Father God, throughout the day, through, uh, in the car, in the shower. Lord, you speak to us at work. You speak to us wherever we're at. We sp- you speak to us at school. You speak to us, Lord, in a crowd, and you speak to us when we're alone. So we give you thanks and praise and honor and glory in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up, the prayer team.